Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The award-winning Crunch Time. Crunch time in round 21 has seen the Giants upset the Cats and make a real play for eighth. There's fallout all over the joint for Geelong. We've discussed the the Tex Walker issue, the racial vilification, the suspension handed down by the league and what Melbourne's new COVID outbreak means for the remainder of the season, very specifically the start of the final series and then theorising around the grand final. It's theorising which is happening right throughout the competition right now. Jared Waitley, Justin Leppich, Daisy Pearce and Sam Edmonds with you. Crunch time is for the Western Werribee Auto Group. Werribee Western and Footscray Nissan dealerships, they stock the all-new Nissan Navara Pro 4X built tough. This week saw Nick Del Santo make the next progression in his life in football when he was appointed the AFLW coach at St Kilda. He's part of our crunch time team. And the one sentiment that feels like it's been missing since this happened is to say congratulations. Nick, great to have you on Crunch Time and congratulations. Thank you very much, Jared. Uh, good afternoon to you all. Hope you're all having a lovely start to your day. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, it's been a very big week. Um, I'm sure you're going to ask about me, so I'll touch on this straight away, Jared. I, I must be honest, I haven't seen a lot. I've sort of tried to jump straight into the role and get a few things organised, but each night... I'll have some very kind friends from um, where I grew up or people that I've worked with just checking in on me to say, hey, you've been criticised a fair bit today. How are you travelling? I thought, well, there must be something getting said at the moment. But um, I'm really thrilled. I I can't wait to get started. And a a different sort of challenge. I've been involved at the Saints for the previous five years in a coaching capacity with their academy. So I've loved that. And this is the next step in regards to having more of an influence on the football club or involvement in the footy club, and I can't wait. So we're going to separate the interview into two parts. The first is uh, your your appointment, and then the second is the broader discussion around AFLW coaching and the lack of, well, now zero females. And you became the, whether you know it or not, you became the poster boy for that. So let's <laughs> do the first conversation. Why did you want this job? Multiple reasons. So even going back to my playing days, Jared, I always loved the idea of coaching. I was always, and I hope this comes across with my media work as well, I love, I love the detail of football. And I've always been intrigued and um, loved, you know, something as simple as a clearance and why things happen and why they don't. So I always had that feeling as a player and thought if I ever got the opportunity one day to be a coach in any capacity, there was things that I'd like to implement or, or the sort of coach that I'd like to be. Having my toe in the water for the last five years with the Saints, that's been a really good fulfilment to work with kids between the ages of 14 or 15, multicultural backgrounds, Indigenous backgrounds. So I've loved that involvement in supporting and hopefully helping young guys on their progression and girls through that program in their progression of being AFL footballers. When this came about, and without getting the the, uh, timeline exactly right, let's say roughly a month ago, Working in with my family and, and, and ultimately my other commitments, mostly being media, it, just, it was just a perfect fit. And 
when I told my wife about the idea that there was a, an availability, she instantly said to me, I can see it on your face. And I said, yep, I, I think this is it. Let me do some more research and work out exactly what it could look like. And then ultimately had to put my hat in the ring and go through the full process. So that's, that, that's the, the involvement of it. But then ultimately, you know, and you're, you're all aware of football clubs and how they make you feel. And St Kilda and North Melbourne for a period of time made me feel like that. So I've got that feeling back being a part of something that's, um, that's pretty special. Did you uh, present a specific program for the AFLW team? Yes. So I, I did a full process with multiple interviews, some really tough questions along the way. Um, the presentation was heavily revolved around – well, it was broken up into – into parts as well about the on-field, but particularly the off-field as well, and sustained success. So I had to go away and do my due diligence, try and really work out who I am as a person and then how that ultimately rolls into being the coach for, um, for this possible role. So I did that full presentation and was able to work my way through the process and then have some really good conversations off the back of that and, and then ultimately finding ways to be able to implement it as this pre-season approaches us really quickly. How much did you know about the AFLW program at St Kilda and indeed the competition more broadly? Well, firstly, broadly, and I'm a sports lover, so I watch anything that's on. And I actually said to my wife the other day, imagine how much spare time I'd have if I didn't love sport. And clearly with the Olympics on at the moment, it's taking up a fair bit of my time, which I love. So I've always watched all sports, including AFLW, um, probably more so the AFLW Saints team. So I know a handful of the girls have been fortunate enough to meet them over the last couple of years, you know, at functions or just in passing while we've been crossing over with training sessions. But I've had, I've had to learn a lot as well, Jared. So there's obviously rules about the part-time role and what you can and can't do. And then ultimately the back end. And we've already got a really good team in place and they've done some really good things in the years, in the last two years while they've been a part of the um, elite competition. So I'm learning about that process while also trying to implement and just start to put a little bit of my touch on it. What was what caused the look on your face, Nick? Daisy here. You said <laughs> that you, your wife just knew you had that look on your face. What was it about the yeah. AFLW program that appealed? It, it was. I think it was a look of excitement. Now, I haven't actually clarified that with my wife, but she instantly said to me, I can see it on your face. I, I know you want to do it. Um, I've got three young kids, so then you instantly go into, well, can this work from a family perspective? And the more that I looked into it, days, the more it was like, this is it. This is the perfect um, situation for me to have that fulfilment and that involvement in a football club again. So that was the look from my wife. I think she actually said yes on my behalf before I even got to explain the full commitment and what it could look like. But she's been brilliant. And, um, you know, and just a little sub story out of it, not that this is the most important thing, but I've got two young boys that are six and four and trying to instill in them about the way that you treat people and equality and all those things. But I've also got a two-year-old two daughter. And I think it's really important for her to see that her father's invested in football or in sport, but also in women's sports. So there's a couple of little things from a family perspective that I think is really important for my kids as they grow up. And 322 games at the highest level and all the footy before that, you've grown up in footy. But what do you think are going to be some of the unique challenges in AFLW? Yeah, well, I think people management. Now, I think that in some ways is, is my greatest strength days that I'd like to think that the relationships that I've had, and some of my best mates are guys that I went to primary school with. So I've always felt that I've been able to build long and strong relationships with people, communication. Maybe I speak a little bit too much at times, but I'm a big believer in, you know, treating people the right way. So I'd like to think that that comes across naturally in my coaching style, uh, you know, clear, concise messaging but always ways that we can go away and get better and actually have the actions off the back of that so I think that is my starting point and then clearly within that the relationship with your staff 
roles and responsibilities and then ultimately what sort of football we play. So I've watched a lot of football and then sort of going back to Jared's question, I've watched a lot of AFLW football in the last month or so, just doing some research, speaking to some of the stats um, people that champion data and trying to you know, collate all this information about what the trends of the game are doing, what St Kilda has done. And then ultimately, how we can get better and challenge some of the really good teams. Dale, Sam Edmund here. I only want to know one thing. How yes, much Sam. How much Ross Lyon lives on in you? <laughs> now, I know you're a big impersonator. Will you introduce the girls to the sachet? Um, I'll probably have to explain it, Sammy, because the first bit, I'm not sure if they're aware of that. And I'd probably have to run it past the old cocko and Ross Lyon and say, is it okay if I implement some of your mannerisms back into the <laughs> AFL system? But I just was speaking to Brad Johnson um, a little bit earlier this morning. He said, I can't wait to do the first interview that you do. And he goes, but I want you to be Ross Lyon. I don't want you to speak <laughs> on behalf of yourself. I said, well, we'll have to see. But um, on the Ross stuff, and we do have a lot of fun with it. I was really fortunate as a player to be involved in some really good leadership groups, had four um, coaches across my 15 years. So I've been able to see lots of different styles and to the point where I used to take notes and I've still got them um, on my laptop where I used to write down things that, that I felt worked and didn't work from a coach's perspective about the way that it made us feel as, as, a, as a group, as a player. And I always thought if I ever am going to be a coach, I had something to reference back that you know, this is how the group reacted to a certain situation or the way that we were communicated to and then ultimately how that relayed onto the field. So I've always had those feelings, Sammy, of, you know, taking the best parts out of some of the coaches that I've worked with over the years. Mm. Yeah, and I actually made the mistake of impersonating Lee in front of him one day. <laughs> so don't ever do that. Hey, Del, well, yes. well, well, now you've got two jobs. You've got your media job where you're never wrong, never wrong yes. and now you've got your coaching job where you're never right. So get used yeah. to, get to that. <laughs> well, What is the big improvement, you think, in for the AFLW to close the gap? Yeah, Obviously, the men's game is just that little bit stronger, been going around a lot longer. What, what's, what do you think? There's obviously numerous things that can improve, but mm. what do you think it is the focus to take it to that next level? Are you referring to on-field left? Yeah, on-field, yeah. Well, yep. I I think there's naturally, you know, the competition's been around for five or six years. St Kilda's been in it for the last two years. So I think there's naturally significant growth in just the ability of particularly the young girls coming through. We've got 12 girls on our list that are, I think, 18, between the ages of 18 and 20, that have had a different upbringing than what maybe Days has had, you know, with the experiences and some of the programs that they've been through. So I think there's there's a natural development within it. But I think this at any level, left, and I'm about to call a game of football today here at Marvel Stadium, I still think the greatest challenge at any level of football from any gender is game situations and actually understanding what you need to do in certain moments. And I look at, take the Cats out of it from last night, but you look at the Cats from, say, the last 15 years, the Hawks, the Sydney Swans, almost to a man, and the Tigers to a man, they know exactly what to do at every moment of the game. And I still think that's the greatest challenge and that's where experience comes in. You know, is it a fast play? Is it a slow play? Are we controlling it? So I think there's going to be huge growth in that space as well, Lip. Yep. Oh, I've got two daughters uh, in the Saints Academy, so I'm just interviewing you as a potential coach. <laughs> yeah. You're the, interviewing me? Well, oh, we've, got, we've got the Lions Academy we can go to. We've got the, you know, so just, just weighing up my options we'll, at the moment. We'll set up a very good environment, a great culture oh, okay. for everyone well, well, to be well, welcome well. to come down. Lep, anytime yeah, you, okay. you're always welcome. Yeah, okay. No worries. A bit of cash help too. <laughs> this one might be a good segue to part two of this interview, Del, but yes. how do you go about, through, through no choice or fault of yours, your filling the shoes of someone who's been a women's footy pioneer, mm. yeah. um, highly respected w- within the industry. And I'd, I'd imagine there'd be some players on your list that 
to this point have kind of wedded their career to Pete because of the opportunity mm. that she gave them and the influence that she's had on their career. How do you go about, um, I guess, building relationships with those players and walking into that those shoes? It's, it's a valid point, Days, and whether they've communicated it and whether they've spoken privately about it, they may be feeling that as well, and that's part of my responsibility and the staff ultimately when we get all set up in the next week or two to be able to create those relationships. And I, and I do understand it. And Peter and her team for the last handful of years have actually set a really good foundation. So it's not about reinventing the wheel or that everything before me needs to be completely changed. It's, we're not in that situation at all. I clearly need to learn a lot more about the detail of the program and why things have been in place the way that they have. And if it works, let's, get, let's keep doing it. If it doesn't, then we can always tinker it to get better or not. But I'd like to think that relationship stuff, Days, once again comes into it. And I've been in that situation as a player. I'm sure, you know, we all have in whatever facet of life that you have management that you love prior, but the football world keeps evolving. So it's my responsibility and I'm deeply passionate about relationships. I hope I've made that perfectly clear that we, we can work through that and we've got a great journey coming up you know, in regards to the next couple of years while I'm at least in the role to, to build something really special and build a football club that, they love coming to, and when they get out of their car after work or university, they can't wait to get to the doorstep to come in and be a part of a high-performance environment where they are allowed to learn and get better at footy. So the second part, and it's a broader discussion, we're in great hands here. Um, did you realise it would be controversial? Um, maybe I was a touch naive, Jared, in, in that space. And maybe I sit here right now and still am because I haven't to be honest, haven't read the paper and I haven't been online a great deal because I've actually been working um, during the week. But as I said, I have had people reach out just checking in on me and I was like, okay, so it's clearly bubbling away. Now, the feeling that I have had, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's not necessarily me as the person. I like to think that I've got really good relationships with a variety of people, you know, in football and outside of football, but it, it's a broader conversation, which I completely understand. I, I honestly do. And in my football time at both St Kilda and North Melbourne, we always had women involved in the football club. Now, it wasn't necessarily in the coaching space, even though Pete was at the Saints for seven years, but we've had women in our lives the whole time that have had such important influences on our football careers. I can't speak on behalf of the whole AFL, and I don't know the detail of every other club or the pathways that are currently in place, but all I can promise you and the others that are listening in regards to our program, we will have a, a, a diverse group men, women that are all come together for a collective goal and they'll all be valued and they'll all be listened to and, and spoken to in the same manner. I can promise you that. So, Days, is it controversial that there is no female coaches in the AFLW now that all 14 positions are filled? Oh, it's definitely worthy of discussion. Um, and I, I, I want to just say off the top that it's not a Nick Del Santo issue and it's not specifically a St Kilda issue. It's something that we need to look at and examine as a game because, yeah, the fact that we have a pathway now for women to play and coach the game and that we've had three credentialed coaches, female coaches coach within AFLW that are no longer there, I think it, it is a matter of, okay, why aren't they thriving and surviving? I, I'm somebody who, when asked three or four years ago, my, my view was probably a bit naive and I thought, no, nah, best person for the job and that's because I wanted to be the best player I could be. I've got a male coach who I absolutely love and I think he has the perfect skill set um, and demeanour and characteristics to get the best out of our group of women. 
Um, so I don't think being female should be a prerequisite, but the fact that we've got none and that we had some and they didn't survive and thrive, I think this is a systemic um, issue that we need to look at more closely. So what in your mind is is the cause or the causes of it? <sighs> it, it there's a list. I mean, for a long time it was probably um, a lack of opportunity in the game, which meant that you didn't have um, as big of a talent pool with the footy IQ and the the experience required to be a senior coach at the level that we now get to play at. Um, part of that has been addressed and there, there are women with good CVs and good experiences now um, and it hasn't solved the issue. So, so you dig deeper. Um, the, the lack of education and I guess um, coaching pathways has been addressed to some degree now as well with the the female scholarship that, that exists. There are women with high-level coaching qualifications. So, okay, that's not it. Let's dig back a bit deeper. Um, I think the, the soft cap cuts that have happened at footy clubs haven't helped. Um, it's forcing clubs to have to be resourceful and a bit thrifty. And I think for as long as um, the, the men's program with the existing pressures and how big that program is, it, it's still being viewed hierarchically as more important than the women's program um so until that is addressed i think it, it will continue to be an issue because I, I i think what's happening is that we're trying to fill the role of the women's team without trying to affect the the men's program too much i think that goes on at clubs to a degree so I, I, there's so many issues involved in it i think to to wait for women to come through and be educated it's proven in other industries and in corporate business world that just getting the education and the the CV isn't enough. I think there's an element of cultural change that happens and for as long as the AFLW program is considered the bolt-on and the add-on to the existing club and the the men's program, it will play second fiddle and I think that's an an issue as well. How does that get confronted? (sighs) Ah, Leadership. Um, club by club or the AFL? Combination of both. I think I think the AFL play a role, but I think it's also um, organisational structure and putting um, female leaders in decision-making positions in clubs is important as well so that um, the views and the issues and the day-to-day happenings of your women's program are advocated for at leadership and decision-making level. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's obviously one that's close to my heart, having three uh, young daughters and two of them playing football and, and one that really wants to be a, a footballer when she grows up. And, and, and you don't always just become a footballer. You can become, like you do days in commentary, like your special comments work. I mean, you're a real trailblazer, I think, for young girls. Um, and it, it, if anyone who watches the Friday night, I, I don't want to be a little biased, but I, I, I listen to you and, and you are more versed on what the modern game's doing. I'm sorry, BT, and those around <laughs> than those that are there, but it's true. And sometimes it just comes down to opportunity and, and giving females opportunity to, to do it. And, mm. and we are in some areas, I think at board level, we're getting better at footy clubs and trying to get a bit more of an even balance there. But there's other parts of still our game that we haven't quite got there. We haven't quite accepted to take that chance. If, and we shouldn't even say take that chance because it's not, it's just, we haven't changed history yet. Yep. And it's just, it's just going to take the courage of um, someone within a footy club to make those changes in important, important spots like coaches, 
um, and not just trainers and not just board members that are it's starting to change there, but other really important decision-making areas like Daisy's saying. Clubs need to um, make an investment and place value on that role. It's a part-time program, but if you think you're going to retain um, high-quality professionals in their former life, because that's the profile of these coaches that we're talking about that haven't thrived and survived, they're professionals in their <laughs> in their career. So if you, if you want them to continue to coach, to pay them a, a part-time honorarium that is – you know, not enough to support a family, well, then they're not going to stay within the industry. It's just clubs need to invest and that may mean that they have to work across both programs, but don't see that as a disadvantage. Use their skills and value their skill set that they may bring from other parts of life and the impact that it might have on your entire club. So in the two instances, the Bulldogs and the Brisbane Lions, so Debbie Lee runs the Bulldogs women's program and Nathan Burke's the coach and in the Lions yeah, case. Brianna, Brianna Brock's the CEO, I guess, of women's football there and Craig Starsevich is the senior coach. Is that is that a good model? Is that Does that ease any of the senior coach being male and that none of the female, there are no female coaches in the league at the moment? I, th- I think it's important to have, like I said, females in, in leadership positions advocating for the women's program. I think as well, or at least, I mean, they don't even have to be female. I, I should be careful not to say that, but just people that are passionate um, and will have the courage to advocate for a program that is new and it is um, in the nicest possible way. It is disruptive to the existing environment that AFL clubs have been and not because um, anyone's walking around trying to be confrontational or it's men versus women. It's just trying to fit in a new program with different needs and different challenges because of the part-time nature of it and trying to harmoniously exist. To, to think that we're just going to tuck in and add on and um, just smoothly become a part of what has been the, the existing flow, I don't think you can come at it from that, that lens. You have to kind of look at the whole thing. But until clubs do that, uh, I, the, the females advocating for it or, or women in leadership positions advocating for the women's program is important. Do you know at St Kilda, is there somebody who advocates for the program, Nick? Well, they've got a good structure, Jared, in regards to Jamie Cox is the head of women's football at the moment. And there's a little bit of crossover from my understanding in regards to bringing the two programs together. If it went to a board um, discussion. I'm not exactly sure on the detail of that about who represents the W program. I would only assume that it has been Jamie Cox. But, uh, and this is a bit, little bit more holistic. And I, Days, everything you just said then, it makes perfect sense. And a lot of people, I don't think there'd be many people that would disagree with you. And I feel the same way. And just to reiterate what I touched on before, we are going to have women, we, if, if we're fortunate enough, we'll have multicultural Indigenous people in our program to have a diverse range of people with with different backgrounds and different perspectives on football to ultimately make us a better football club. But as we go forward, I'd like to think that the two programs, being the men's and the women's, can actually come together for the greater good as well. So there's an, I think cricket has been a great trailblazer. So I probably set netball has been generations advanced. Cricket invested, I think, ahead of time made its um, made its elite program professional, washed money through it and look at the outcome that it's got. And I think that's what the AFL should do long term. The, so just checking, the, the women's cricket team is the most successful team in the country. 
it is coached by a male. And then just checking what's happening in Victoria. So the two big bash teams, the two WBBL teams are coached by males. Every premier women's cricket team is coached by a male. And I think every WBBL team nationally is coached by a male. Is there, um, is there a lack of female coaches there who are ready to take positions? Are they being overlooked? And then this does go, I think, to pathways. And I'm the first to say, I don't have the answers. Mm. But if the AFL has set up its finishing school of the level four, it has to put an equal number of men and women through that program. Because what they're saying to clubs is these are the best qualified people that we can offer you Mm. into a pool to choose from. And I'm not saying it's the panacea, but you have to do that, don't you? So that you and Alicia Eva and that to come out with that endorsement, this is the best program we can think of. Now, you boards at footy clubs, this is the pool of talent. Are you prepared to pick from this pool of talent or not? Well, that that's absolutely a part of the equation. Um, Nick, well yes. done, <laughs> well done. Great discussion. I, I love the discussion, and um, you know it's been good being a part of. Um, crunch time, you know, over the last you know, year or so. But what you just said, I think, is a great conversation, and that how that is how the, the change starts initially, days. And I don't want to wish you too much best anymore. So um, <laughs> we look forward to seeing you uh, throughout the year. Daisy says she wants one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Was it what, <laughs> to come, come across? Not too late. I wish you uh, relative success. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate um, that. Love working with you. But, no, Are you just... going to tag Daisy Pierce? That's what we want to know. <laughs> what what position is she playing? Tag. Where is she starting? Is she going to come up from the half forward line? We need Ooh. to know the details. Play the dusty first. role. Stop you straight forward. <laughs> yeah, the striker. Ooh. Good idea. Now we'll leave you be Nick Del Santo. A good call. AFLW coach at St Kilda. We are gearing up for a big day of footy for Dometic Fuel Your Adventure with Dometic's outdoor drinkware. So the first game to go is Carlton and the Suns, and there is a lot resting on that. How will Gold Coast respond to an ignominious performance last week? Uh, The Blues don't have an eye on a place in the eight anymore after the Giants did it yesterday, but... And they got their response. Can they turn that into something more? So that's all for Dometic. Always stay relaxed and hydrated wherever your adventures take you with Dometic's rugged drinkware. You're listening to Crunch Time for the Werribee, Western and Footscray Nissan dealerships. They stock the all-new Nissan Navara Pro 4X built tough. And for Red Rooster, delicious, crunchy, new fried chicken by Red Rooster. Available at selected restaurants, the Rooster's Calling. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.